ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय So we are beginning uh, a new section of the Srimad Bhagavatam's fourth canto about Dhruva Maharaj. And Lord Chaitanya, it says in the Chaitanya Bhagavat that Lord Chaitanya used to really used to listen a hundred times to the pastimes of Dhruva Maharaj and Prahlad Maharaj. So very special to Lord Chaitanya and therefore obviously very special to us. And in one of the purports we're going to read today, we're going to hear about how Srila Prabhupada says that devotees become enlivened um, by hearing the uh, pastimes of great devotees like Dhruva Maharaj. So the first part, the first few verses kind of uh, give a little, well, it's not directly on Dhruva Maharaj, but then by the fifth or sixth verse we start hearing about Swayambhuva Manu and uh, his two sons, Uttanapad and Priyavrata, and that's how we get to the Dhruva Maharaj pastime because Dhruva was the son of Uttanapad, who was the son of Brahma, who is the son of Krishna. So, so we begin with, um, well, uh, the great sage Maitreya said, the four great Kumara sages headed by uh, Sanaka, as well as Narada, Vibhu, Hangsa, Aruni, and Yati, all sons of Brahma did not, leave, did not live at home, but became Urdva Retaha, or Naishtika Brahmacharis, unadulted celibates. Another son of Lord Brahma was irreligion, so everything comes from Krishna ultimately, right? So, whose wife's name was Falsity. From their combination were born two demons named Dumba, or Bluffing, and Maya, or cheating, or cheating. These two demons were taken by uh, a demon named uh, Niriti, who had no children. Maitreya told Vidura, O great soul, from Dumba and Maya were born greed, and uh, Nikriti, or cunning. From their combination came children named Krodha, anger, and Himsa, envy. And from their combination were born Kali, and his sister, Durukti, harsh speech. So, so I think one, one reason for this being here is because they're, they're emanations of Lord Brahma, as are going to be, uh, as is Swayambhuva Manu, who in turn has these two sons. O greatest of all good men, by the combination of Kali and harsh speech, were born children named Ritu, death, and Bita, Biti, fear. From the combination of Ritu and Biti came children named Yatana and Niraya. Oh, my dear Vidura, I have, summar, I, I have summarily explained the causes of devastation. So that's the reason, I guess, for all these, the causes of devastation. One who hears this description three times attains piety and washes the sinful contaminations from his soul. So everyone make sure you read it two more times. Maitreya continued, O best of the Kuru dynasty, 
I shall now describe before you the descendants of Swayambhuvamanu, who was born of a part of a plenary expansion of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Swayambhuvamanu had two sons by his wife Satarupa, and the, names, uh, and the names of the sons were Uttanupad and Priyavrata. Because both of them were descendants of a plenary expansion of Vasudev, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, they were very competent to rule the universe, to maintain and protect the citizens. So we'll be referring back to that in a little while, that they, that they were capable of ruling the universe. Um, so now what we, we hear in the fourth canto about the descendants of King Uttanapad, and in the fifth canto, the descendants of Maharaj Priyavrata. So here the story begins. King Uttanapad had two queens named Suniti and Suruchi. Suruchi was much more dear to the king. Suniti, who had a son named Dhruva, was not his favorite. Prabhupada writes in the purport, the great sage Maitreya wanted to, to describe the pious activities of the kings. Priyavrata was the first son of Swayambhuvamanu, and Uttanapad was the second. But the great sage Maitreya immediately began to speak of Dhruva Maharaj, the son of Uttanapad, because Maitreya was very eager to, very eager to describe pious activities. The incidents in the life of Dhruva Maharaj are very attractive for devotees. From his pious actions, one can learn how one can detach himself from material possessions and how one can enhance one's devotional service by severe austerities and penances. By hearing the activities of pious Dhruva, one can enhance one's faith in God and can directly connect with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and thus one can very soon be elevated to the transcendental platform of devotional service. The example of Dhruva Maharaj's austerities can immediately generate a feeling of devotional service in the hearts of the hearers. So um, this is one of the secrets of Krishna consciousness, that we become inspired, not just through hearing about Krishna, but in one sense, equally, if not more so, by hearing about his devotees. Um, because... There, the, first of all, hearing about devotees means we hear about Krishna. That's one point. And they show the path to Krishna. Right? It's, sometimes it's said that the great devotees, they cross over the ocean um, or the river of, of material life and they attain the other shore, but they send the boat back to take other people uh, and one of those boats is just the past, the uh, the narrations of hearing about what the, the life of those great devotees, right? Um, like we all get inspired by hearing the life of Srila Prabhupada. I mean, just it's 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 incredible that someone would come at, to America at the age of seventy with no money in the name of one person in Butler, Pennsylvania, and you know the whole and all the trials and tribulations that he went through both prior to trying to get to America and then getting here and then traveling around the world 14 times in 11 years at such an advanced age. Um, so in one sense, 
we could say that uh, hearing about devotees, it's like uh, the devotees' activities is abhideya at, uh, at work, <laughs> right? So we know Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that there's these three parts of philosophy, right? Sambandha, abhideya, and prayojana. Sambandha is, is a lot about knowledge of uh, understanding our relationship with the Supreme and the Supreme's relationship with material energy and our relationship with material energy. Um, and, you know, our relation... And, our relationship to Krishna, but then Abhideya is devotional service or acting in that relationship. So we see that the we hear about the process of bhakti by hearing about the great devotees. And if you if you observe the Bhagavatam, which we right we just said Granta Raj Srimad Bhagavatam. So Granta means book and Raja means king of right king. So that king of books is constantly you know canto after canto after canto reciting um, pastimes of the great devotees of Krishna. We just heard about Lord Shiva. We're going to hear about Dhruva. We're going to hear about Prithu Maharaj, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Even, even people who become great devotees like um, Ajamil, right, in the, in the sixth canto, and, uh, et cetera, in Prahlad Maharaj, seventh canto. Um, again and again we hear about Krishna and it's not just the devotees uh, the activities of the devotees but we also see Krishna protecting his devotees right because we're going to hear about that this chapter Uttanapad well we won't should we give away the story I guess you all know it Uh, so Uttanapad right uh, was really upset that his son went to the forest at five years old and who's going to protect him and there's ferocious tigers and everything, and Narada had to come and say, don't worry, he's under the care of Krishna. So, so it's very, very enlivening to... Uh, but it, it, it's not only should be... It's not enough to be enlivened by hearing about the pastimes of great devotees. It should also be an impetus for us to follow in their footsteps. Not just like, oh, that was really interesting. Close the book. Now, you know, what's for dinner? <laughs> right? But actually, we should be inspired to follow the path that the Mahajana, Yena, Gata, Sapanta, that uh, one should follow in the footsteps of, of great devotees. So that's so, that, you know, I told that story before, right, of Srila uh, Prabhupada getting that, this sweet made of butter, uh, condensed milk and sugar, and maybe some raisins. And the devotees just kind of made it up and gave it to him, and Prabhupada said, this is simply wonderful. And they called the sweet simply wonderful. Uh, and then one of the devotees said, Prabhupada, you are simply wonderful. And under his breath, you can hear on the tape, Prabhupada said, you all become. So we're not just there to kind of twiddle our thumbs and hear about the great devotees, but we're actually supposed to take inspiration and act on that inspiration. That's the hardest part acting on the inspiration that we hear. So, some thoughts on this point? No? We're all good? Oh, yes. Uh, get a microphone. Uh, Henry, could you march one over? You know, I couldn't help but notice that um, it's almost like Druva was rejected by his material parents, his, mm. his father, 
and then he rose to a point of understanding his higher father. Yes. You know, yes. so that 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 really stands out in my mind because a lot of us, maybe our parents weren't devotees and we may have had like some uh, adversarial relationship with them and you were trying to understand that our real father was Krishna. So the story is really appropriate, I think, for point. many of us. But then a lot of devotees do have parents that are devotees, mm -hmm. you know, so they get a chance to, you know, see both. Right. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, as we're going to see uh, very uh, clearly in this uh, pastime also, that uh, how a devotee is, should take reverses, right? Because, you know, being rejected by your father when you're five years old uh, in modern psychology that could create all kinds of uh trauma you know that could that would be could be seen as a traumatic experience right so we see how dhruva uh is instructed by narada to to deal with that trauma and to see that trauma as uh krishna's um that there's a lesson there and that uh krishna is bringing him closer so there's a lot you're right so thank you for bringing that you're we're, there's a lot going on here which is not un uncharacteristic it's very characteristic of Krishna's pastimes and his devotees pastimes that there's many different lessons to be learned yeah yeah, yeah yeah I just thought of a comment because of what Bhakti Swanson said these pastimes although we can learn from them happened a long time ago right it's very old-fashioned the way things are happening so we have to be able to transpose them into yes. our current. And that's what he did partly, saying, you know, mm -hmm. we're not living in kingdoms and everything now. And we're not living where? <laughs> in kingdoms. or No, we're not living. Well, kind of some people might say we are right now, but that's another discussion. <laughs> where a five-year-old can just say, oh, I'm leaving, you know, and, and make right. it work, you know. It's right. not like that now. So we also had to transpose the pastimes. Right, yeah. right. We have to uh, get, get the essence because you couldn't consider, you wouldn't want to consider Tanupad was a great devotee, like a, a deadbeat dad, right? Because <laughs> you, you could think of him like that, right, right. Uh, uh, yes, and we don't have polygamy today, right, where there was, uh, but you could see. Um, that uh, although polygamy was, uh, it was all over the Bible, for example, you know, right? I mean, it was just a standard practice in, the, in previous ages. But we see again and again, even in the story of Chitruketu Maharaj, that it wasn't like it was trouble-free, <laughs> right? Chitruketu, uh, uh, right, he, he was killed because of, uh, you know, this, uh, the co-wife program. And here again, we, we see it uh, coming up, right? So it wasn't. <laughs> I, I think it's also interesting because I, I don't know, does anyone know what yuga this took place in? What? Satyuga, you think? I don't know. You would think that it would be hard for someone like Suniti to say such a thing in Satyuga, right? But you think it's Treta? So whatever yuga it was, it probably wasn't Kali. It doesn't seem like it was Kali, although it could have been a previous Kali yuga, but it doesn't seem that. Right, but you can see people still have contaminations. I mean, she said a nasty thing, which we're going to hear about in a minute. Right? Once upon a time, 
King Uttanapad was patting the son of Surichi, Uttama, uh, placing him on his lap. Dhruva Maharaj was also trying to get on the king's lap, but the king did not very much welcome him. While the child, Dhruva Maharaj, was trying to get on the lap of his father, Suruchi, his stepmother, became very envious of the child. And with great pride, she began to speak so, that, so as to be heard by the king himself. So she, you know, she knew how to play the game, right? She didn't just say it to, to uh, Dhruva, but she made sure that the king heard this. Queen Suruchi told Dhruva Maharaj, My dear child, you do not deserve to sit on the throne or on the lap of the king. Surely you are also the son of the king, but because you did not take your birth from my womb, you are not qualified to sit on your father's lap. Oh, of course, another uh, big problematic thing with uh, polygamy came up with Lord Ram. Right? So again and again, there's issues. Uh, my dear child, you are unaware that you were born out, not out of my womb, but of another woman. Therefore, you should know that your attempt is doomed to failure. You are trying to fulfill a desire which is impossible to fulfill. If you at all desire to rise to the throne of the king, then you have to undergo severe austerities. First of all, you must satisfy the supreme personality of Godhead, Narayan, and then, when you are favored by him because of such worship, you shall have to take your next birth from my womb. So, you would think in terms of, if people, I don't know, you know which yuga this is and how long people lived, right? But he would have to die pretty soon to take birth while she still had childbearing years, right? So, so she's basically saying, you know, serve Krishna and die. <laughs> At least if, if it's in the same number, same kind of years that we're talking about in Kali Yuga, but maybe it's different. The sage Maitreya continued, my dear Vidura, as a snake, when struck by a stick, breathes very heavily. Did I miss something? No. Um... Dhruva Maharaj, having been struck by the strong words of his stepmother, began to breathe very heavily because of great anger. When he saw that his father was silent and did not protest, he immediately left the palace and went to his mother. So there's, uh, again, taking things into present day things. That there's a lot of discussion today in the world about bystanders speaking up. Right? Even in the airports, you say, if you see something, say something. Right? Or even um, there's right now, today, if you open up the newspaper, the uh, head coach of Ohio State, Buckeyes, uh, is in big trouble. Not because he did something wrong, but because he knew about uh, his assistant coach doing some really stupid, terrible things, and he didn't fire him. He didn't do anything about it. So this is a, a big thing in the world today. Uh, and often people are afraid to do things about things like that. And here, the same thing with the king. He was afraid to do something about it. He knew that it was injustice, 
But why was he afraid to do something about it? Why didn't he speak up? He didn't want to get on the bad side of his favorite wife. Yeah. That's not a very good spiritual reason, is it? So, you know, people, so it's just, uh, talk about, you know, modern day equivalents. It's a, it's a thing even today in so many places. Um, you know, uh, there's something called guilty by agency also. That... Um, if something went wrong and you were the CEO or the president or whatever, is you're sometimes guilty because you should have known. Even if you didn't know, guilty by agency, you should have known. Right? That happened recently at University of Maryland. A oh, player right. died. He died. Yeah. A 19-year-old player. And the head coach wasn't present and right. wasn't directly conducting it. But he, he was put on a vacation, they say he'll never come back because... Yeah, he's in the hot water, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he won't come back. So, um, so anyway, it's, it's, it's an interesting... Did you going to say something? Oh, Satyuga, thank you. I believe you. Where did you find it? Oh, the 12th chapter. Okay, good. So, Jumar's... So, interesting, because we, we usually hear about Satyuga, however, when Paramahansa. Right? But Suniti obviously is not acting like a Paramahansa. And even Maharaj Uttanapad, who's a descendant of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, at least in this pastime here, later, yes, but here he's, he's behaving as, as Srila Prabhupada would sometimes say, as a henpecked husband, right? not wanting to uh, displease his favorite wife. Yeah. So, of course, this is pastimes, but still it's, inter it's interesting like that. Yes, so... He, uh, he, and that's what really upset Druva, isn't it? Right? He said, so when he saw that his father was silent and did not protest, he immediately left the palace. All right? So when he saw there was an injustice and the person who's supposed to uh, maintain justice didn't do anything. Right? Like when I remember when I was growing up, and uh, my mother would get on my case, and I'd say, Mom, I didn't do anything. And she would say, that's your problem. You don't do anything around here. <laughs> so she, she turned it around. So it is, it is a, uh, as, as, as Vice President Gore would say, an inconvenient truth that uh, we should, um, as appropriate, uh, speak up um, appropriately when we see something uh, injustice. You know, we might not you know, go on Facebook and splash things, but we might, you know, if we see something, we might go to the temple president or the GBC or, or a senior devotee and say, you know, I saw this and it didn't seem appropriate, or you know, that's, that's, you know, more, that's more appropriate than just assuming the worst. Because even in this case, you know, who knows, I, 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 you know, Uttanapad might have been thinking, well, you know, this is all Krishna's pastime, so I'm not going to say anything. You know? <laughs> when Dhruva Maharaj reached his mother, his lips were trembling in anger. And he was crying very grievously. Queen Suniti immediately lifted her son upon her lap, uh, her lap 
while the palace residents who had heard all the harsh words of Suruchi related everything in detail. Thus Suniti also became very much, very aggrieved, uh, greatly aggrieved. So, um, yeah, so they, he, she said it loud enough, not only, Suniti, uh, Suruchi said it loud enough, not only for uh, King Uttanapad to hear it, but everybody heard it, right? This incident was unbearable to Suniti's patience. She began to burn as if in a forest fire, and in her grief she became just like a burnt leaf, and so lamented. As she remembered the words of her co-wife, her bright lotus-like face filled with tears, and thus she spoke. She was breathing very heavily, and she did not know the factual remedy for the painful situation. Not finding any remedy, she said to her son, My dear son, this is, listen to this instruction. What a powerful instruction. Do not, don't wish for anything inauspicious for others. Anyone who inflicts pain upon others suffers himself from that pain. Anyone who inflicts pain on others suffers himself from that pain. So, you know, if, if justice, quote-unquote, is not served in this world, justice is certainly served eventually. Um, and because our life is so short, don't worry about it. We tried. Yeah, I'm telling the people on the uh, recording I'm running, what are we saying, don't worry about it? Well, we've tried to put the, uh, the shlokas on the TV screen, and it's just not cooperating. It's Krishna's arrangement. Um, It'll make everyone bring their book next week. Um, so anyone who inflicts pain upon others suffers himself from that pain. It's, it's not the same thing, but, it, there, but there's some similarity. Just like when you see a fault in someone else, it's often because you're very familiar with that same fault in yourself. What? Honeycomb. Honeycomb? I don't follow honeycomb. Uh, microphone. Saraswati Thakur says, if someone is finding a fault in others, it's given that the same person's heart is honeycombed with the same fault. Honeycombed with the same fault. Mm, interesting. So, um, don't wish inauspiciousness for others. And one who inflicts pain upon others suffers himself for this. So, a devotee's vision is that when someone is acting inappropriately, the devotee has compassion upon that person, knowing that they're not you know, going to get away with it, so to speak, but they'll have to get some reaction for that. For that. The, only, the time that a devotee acts when someone is acting inappropriately is when that other person's actions somehow impact a third person. Right? Someone's going to hurt someone else. Right? But if they're just doing some stupid thing themselves, right, uh, that only really affects them, then the main reaction for a devotee is compassion. Of course, it's also compassion sometimes to stop them from doing something to others. But I think that's an important criteria when we're judging a situation, is someone's activities uh, impacting innocent people. 
or is it mainly impacting themselves? Confirmed. Any, any thoughts on this one? It's such an important, she can, I mean, it's amazing that she says this, right? She, she, she's a Chatriya woman. He's a, you know, Dhruva's all, you know, as we say in Iskan fried. She's very upset, as we just heard, but yet she comes up with this amazing, amazing point. Very advanced soul. Any thoughts? Yes. Um, I just find it interesting that this is one of the first things she says because immediately it makes one take ownership for you know their stuff. Mm. Because one of the things that happens when somebody does something is you play the victim. Yes. <laughs> and you get locked in it, you know, and you can't move from there. Mm -hmm. But like the first thing she says is take responsibility because then you can do something about it. Nice. And what, what's interesting about that is that comes up again when Narada speaks to him. That same point. Did you want to say something, Andy? Well, I don't know how much this matters, but it's also like an underdog theme because underdog she's theme. not even she wasn't even in the court, right? That's how off to the side she is. Because mm -hmm. he left the court right, and went to her. <clears throat> but yet she really had the good truth. I mean, she was a good parent. Yeah. So she's kind of like the underdog, but she knows the truth. Mm -hmm. So they're just introducing that idea. That's yeah. the way I see it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So in text uh, 18, Suniti said, My dear boy, whatever has been spoken by Suruchi is so. Because the king, your father, does not consider me his wife or even his maidservant. Hmm. He feels ashamed to accept me. Therefore, it is a fact that you have taken birth from the womb of an unfortunate woman, and by being fed from her breast, you have grown up. My dear boy, whatever has been spoken by Suruchi, Suruchi your stepmother, although very harsh to hear, is factual. Therefore, if you desire at all to sit on the same throne as your stepbrother Uttama, then give up your envious attitude and immediately try to execute the instructions of your stepmother. Without further delay, you, sh you must engage yourself in worshiping the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Prabhupada writes, the harsh words used by Suruchi to her stepson were true because unless one is favored by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, one cannot achieve any success in life. Man proposes, God disposes. Suniti, the mother of Dhruva Maharaj, agreed with her co-wife's advice that Dhruva engage himself in the worship of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Indirectly, the words of Suruchi were a benediction for Dhruva. That's what we're talking about, right? Uh, for Dhruva Maharaj. For because of the influence of his stepmother's words, he became a great devotee. So this, this theme comes up later in other purports as well, that what seems like a reverse, such a, you know, such a strong words by Suruchi was a great blessing. Hmm. So again, I'm, I'm sure in, our, in all of our lives, we, we know of times when we thought you know, things were not going our way and we wish it hadn't happened and then we look back some time later and we say, oh, very good. Right? So 
as painful as this was, it certainly was painful, it was the best thing that ever happened to Druva. Yes, microphone. Something else that I noticed that I had really been meditating on a lot in the last couple of weeks, and that is I've been saying to a lot of my friends, if you probably go over your life, you will see that there's someone that you loved that you were ashamed of. You were ashamed of? Yeah. Mm. And what what that sets up, you know, it could be their age, it could be, you know, how they're related to you, you know, all of those type of things. Right. But um, this is coming up here. So that's a good, that's I noticed a, that, right, when I was looking at it, maybe it's just because I was kind of absorbed in that, I noticed it. But yeah, um, when they mentioned that in the verse about the king, was a little ashamed. Yeah, that's a nice way to look him. at it. He was ashamed of uh, Suniti. And he probably did love the mother and love the child, but it's hard for him to express that in their court. Right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Other thoughts? Yeah, microphone. We only have one today that's working somehow. It's working now. Um, I was going to say, like, sometimes it's an art to be able to absorb. It's what? It's like a skill to absorb uh, criticism. It's a skill to absorb, yes. Um, I, like, I've <laughs> noticed, like, a lot of people just like being praised, but you've got to be able to take criticism. Yeah. I think I got something. That, yeah, uh, right. We talked about that last week, I think, right? We, it's, in the business world, they call feedback the breakfast of champions, right? But, uh, you know, it can be a bitter pill. But, you know, medicine isn't supposed to taste sweet necessarily. So, yes. We, Srila uh, Prabhupada's spiritual master used to say that we make advancement through the fire of ordeal. Through the difficulties in life. If everything was just like, you know, smooth and all the lights were turning green and we won the lottery and whatever, you know. Uh, we might forget that this place is a place of suffering and temporary. You know, forget the philosophy. Yeah. Okay, shall we carry on? The next verse is verse 20. Suniti continued, The Supreme Personality of Godhead is so great that simply by worshipping his lotus feet, your great-grandfather, Lord Brahma, acquired the necessary qualifications to create this universe. Although he is unborn and is the chief of all living creatures, he is situated in that exalted post because of the mercy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, whom even great yogis worship by controlling the mind and regulating the life air. 21. Suniti informed her son, your grandfather, Swayambhuvamanu, executed great sacrifices with distribution of charity and thereby, with unflinching faith and devotion, he worshipped and satisfied the Supreme Personality of Godhead. By acting in that way, he achieved the greatest success in material happiness, and afterwards achieved liberation, which is impossible to obtain by worshipping the demigods. My dear boy, you also should take shelter of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is very kind to his devotees, Persons seeking liberation from the cycle of birth and death always take shelter of this 
lotus feet of the Lord in devotional service, becoming purified by executing your allotted occupation. Just situate the Supreme Personality of God in your heart and without deviating for a moment, engage always in his service. So she may not have been a big favorite of the king, but she certainly was a good devotee. She's telling her son, you know, at five years old, don't deviate for a moment from serving the Lord. It's quite amazing. My dear Druva, as far as I am concerned, I do not find anyone who can mitigate your distress. Now, she's also speaking from her own realization. Her own distress is mitigated in this way. Uh, who can mitigate your distress but the Supreme Personality of Godhead, whose eyes are like lotus petals. Many demigods, such as Lord Brahma, seek the pleasure of the goddess of fortune, but the goddess of fortune himself, with a lotus flower in her hand, is always ready to render service to the Supreme Lord. This is, it's interesting, because this comes up again and again and again and again and again and again in, in, the, in Shastra. Right? This idea that every, people take shelter of Lakshmi, but she takes shelter of Krishna. Right? So it's a, uh, you know, one, what is it? Uh, the Beatles said, can't buy me love. <laughs> right? So, you know, as much as people are seeking good fortune in this world, uh, the source of all good fortune takes shelter of Krishna. So it's actually a really important thing. It's, it's something that we may hear, we hear so often that it kind of goes in one ear and out the other. But it is something to meditate on. Right? That so many people, directly or indirectly, mainly indirectly, at least in the Western worlds, they want to take shelter of Lakshmi, take shelter of the goddess of fortune. They want a fortune, fortune financially and fortune being, you know, all their you know, everything going well in their life. But the person who bestows that Is not it, it takes shelter of Krishna, so it's a, it's a very it's a significant point. Any thoughts on it? Wow. Yes. One, two. Well, it seems like then that people that worship Lakshmi don't get really that much credit for <laughs> worshiping Krishna because they're not worshiping her because she's a true devotee of Krishna. Right. They just want the. The money yes. and, the, and yeah. the, the good stuff. And, and as, you're, as, you're, as you're pointing out, it's, it's not mentioned so much in the verses, but Srila Prabhupada brings it on the purports a lot, that indirectly what Suniti is saying and what Suruchi even was saying is, don't worship the demigods, worship the Supreme Lord. That comes out a lot in the purports. Yes? Oh, yep. Go ahead. No, no, you go. I wasn't sure if this yeah, was no, yeah. working. It's on now. Can you? Yep. Um, it was just that, you know, I think sometimes devotees through whatever their experience or the, the learning that they've gotten in life, what they've been taught, they don't want to go to Krishna. They don't want to go to Govardhan. They don't want to go to the devotees to ask them for material. Right things right and then there's this idea of the worship of Lakshmi as like a namitiko dharma a temporary dharma like we get married we have graining ceremonies we do a lot of different 
devotional ceremonial things that are just temporary right. it's, it's not eternal so that you know that's what I was thinking and I was wondering what you thought of that well it's true that um, because we've been so trained by Srila Prabhupada and his uh, and the Bhagavatam like, like the second verse of the Bhagavatam as we said last week says Dharma Projita Kaitrapatra that it's meant for the paramahamsas, and, it, and it, right from the beginning, it rejects kaitava dharma, or cheating religion, or put in, um, let's just say, selfish religion also, right? Because cheating religion can sound really bad, like, you know, you know, like somebody says, you know, you, uh, what was that guy, what's that person who wants to have three jet airplanes? The, the minister or the priest. You know, so that's, you know. But cheating religions in our case also means just anything that's materially motivated. Uh, in one purport, Srila Prabhupada says, although devotees hesitate, sometimes Grihasta devotees may ask the Lord for a favor. That, that may come out every now and then. But, uh, yeah. Um, and that's, and one of the great lessons that we're going to hear about uh, either later today or next week in this chapter is the whole point about um, that whether one has no material desires, akama, one has all material desires, sarvakama, one just wants to get out of this material world perhaps with some impersonal leanings, uh, moksha karma, that uh, they should all, tivrena bhakti yoga, now they should all engage in devotional service. That's what happens with Dhruva. Right, he's got. He's got, we're going to hear about. It. He's got like you know. We, we you know we might want a new car or something. He's thinking much bigger. He's thinking bigger than Brahma. You know, I want more more than what the Lord Brahma has. <laughs> Forget about this planet, right? So he's thinking big material desires, and Narda encourages him in such a way. Okay, you want that? No problem. Worship Krishna. So we're going to hear about that. Uh, <clears throat> Prabhu, I was uh, one. I was really appreciating uh, what, when Dhruva Maharaj's mother finding no remedy, then finally knows what finding no remedy. She no says, remedy. Yes, yeah. finding no remedy. Yeah, and then she says like you should listen to your stepmother's advice. Right. But, but what I feel is like. Isn't this nice instruction there, like directing um, a person to Krishna when there is no hope at all? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know a person who became interested in Krishna consciousness. They were at a bar, and they were really suffering and. And they were talking to the person next to them about, oh, you know, life is useless and this and that. And the person at the, at the bar next to him was a devotee who wasn't practicing Krishna consciousness very strictly. <laughs> and the, devotees, the devotee says, you know what, you should go to the temple, <laughs> the Hare Krishna temple. And he did, he became like this really strict devotee. <laughs> Yeah, it's your story. My dear Dhruva, as far as, did we do this one? Did that one. Text 24. The great sage Maitreya continued, 
The instruction of Dhruva Maharaj's mother, Suniti, was actually meant for fulfilling his desired objective. Therefore, after deliberate consideration and with intelligence and fixed determination, he left his father's house. Prabhupada writes, both the mother and son were lamenting Dhruva Maharaj's having been insulted by his stepmother and his father's not having taken any step on this issue. But mere lamentation is useless. You hear that? That's an important instruction. Mere lamentation is useless. One should find out the means to mitigate one's lamentation. Confirmed. Thus, both mother and son decided to take shelter of the lotus feet of the Lord because that is the only solution to all material problems. Hmm. So, um, in the Gita, Krishna says, na soshati, na kangshati, right? He says that one should not hanker or lament. Brahma bhuta prasanatma, na soshati, na kangshati. So when one is on the spiritual platform, they, uh, happiness and distress, good and bad, uh, they see as something in this world. And they, they uh, we, I think we said this last week also, like a good businessman makes money when the market's down, when the market's up. So when things are difficult, they make advancement in Krishna consciousness. When things are going smoothly, they make advancement in Krishna consciousness. So um, how to mitigate that lamentation? Well, that's what Krishna's saying in the Gita, Brahma Bhuta. Prasanatma, one should be on the Brahman, the spiritual platform, which is prasanatma, which is full of satisfaction, right? And, what, and how do you do that? You don't lament and you don't hanker. Uh, you know, it's, it's very much this idea that we've spoken about many times about like mindfulness in the world today, to really be present. Because uh, the mind very quickly goes to lamenting about something that happened in the past, or worrying and planning and scheming about things that are going to happen in the future. Um, with very little time spent actually in the here and now, even though that's all we actually have is the here and now. We don't have five seconds from now. We don't have five minutes from now. We only have at, the, at any given second the present. Um, so, but how to get free from that lamentation, that is, as Krishna says in the Gita, is to take shelter of Krishna. So lamentation is natural, but um, we shouldn't wallow in it. In another place, Prabhupada says that for a, a sincere person, uh, lamentation or, or feeling bad about some activity they did is, comes natural. Regret. Regret comes natural. But uh, how long can we remain regretful? Just like in the, in the Vedic times, right? Like uh, there's some mourning period, not M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, when someone passes away. But it's not forever. There's a certain period. And, and usually in that period, we don't so much speak philosophy. We speak about that, that, soul, that soul that you know, left us and we glorify them in this and that. But then it, there comes a time after the end of the morning period, like Krishna did after the end of the battle of Kurukshetra, where we start talking about philosophy. And we start saying, well, they're a spirit soul, they're, they've moved on to another body, or, or move on to Krishna if they were, if they were pure, right? Um, 
so there's a time for different things. But lamentation shouldn't just go on forever. That's more a, uh, a uh, manifestation of uh, ignorance allowing us, taking it over. Hankering is more in the mode of passion and lamentation is more in the mode of ignorance. So lamentation is, 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 an, is, is appropriate for a good soul, but it just doesn't go on forever. Some thoughts on that? Yes, Raj, uh, microphone. Thank you. Yeah, Prabhu, lamentation is, you said, good for soul. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, soul, as far as I understand, is above all this because whatever is happening in the materialistic world or while we are asleep, our dream stage. Right. Soul is not affected. Soul is not affected. It's right. the mind which is affected, right? Yes, and uh, like, like in your case, so you, you, a loved one of yours passed away, um, you know, th which will happen to all of us. You, you know, every one of us will have loved ones that pass away. It's part of this world, and then we'll pass away, and some people loved us, and it's just the nature of this world. But what's really interesting is um, that person that we loved very much, they've moved on. Right, they have another body with another with another mother and father, and uh, they're not thinking about us back at the farm. They they have a whole new reality, and that, that's interesting. I I I maybe did I mention this last week in class? Uh, I was reading in Hari Kirtan Prabhu's book, the difference between reincarnation and um, uh, transmigration of the soul. I think I mentioned that, right? Yeah. So you know. People sometimes have a sentimental idea of reincarnation, but transmigration of the soul means really the, the soul has transformed into a whole nother reality. So I find that kind of scary. Like I just just turned sixty the other day, so uh, let's say I live. Let's just say I live till I'm eighty. So I have twenty more years in this reality, and then after that, I'm in a totally different reality. You know, totally different reality. Like that. Maybe I'll take birth as maybe Mom Antrapu will be my grandfather or something. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but you just don't know <laughs> what, what's, what's going to happen, right? Um, so, so, we, uh, so that's why as souls, we try to hold on. We try, what, you, one way you could look at Krishna consciousness, one way, is we're trying to hold on to actually what's real. We're trying to hold on what's actually real, and that's Krishna's lotus feet. And, and of course, the devotees are also real in the sense that, you know, like Srila Prabhupada said, that, he, uh, that there will be an iskhan in the spiritual world. Right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if we, you know, have problems with mic microphones in the spiritual world, but... Uh, <laughs> be a, yeah, yeah, come, I, might, I might have to find another job, <laughs> right, in the spiritual world. Um, of course, I don't think I'm going there in any hurry. But anyway, because um, that's reality. That's reality. Nasato vidute babo, na babo vidute sataha. That, that what, what is actual real, Krishna is saying in the Bhagavad Gita, is that which is eternal. 
and which is unreal is that which is temporary. Um, and therefore, Krishna is given like the perfect idea. So, because you know, you, you can always wonder, well, how do I match the two? Right? How do I understand that this world is temporary and and things, and that's and I'm eternal, and at the same time, you know, I have to eat lunch tomorrow, right? So he gives the perfect the perfect teachings in the Bhagavad Gita that we do our duty. And we have two duties, two swadharmas. This is mentioned in the second chapter, Bhagavad Gita, purport. Right? We have constitutional swadharma and conditional swadharma. And we do them both. Conditional swadharma is our occupation and taking care of our family and, and being uh, respectful to our parents and all that sort of stuff. But then there's a constitutional swadharma of our constitutional, of our eternal relationship with Krishna. And what's re- what we really want to do in this world is as much as possible have the two not contradict each other, right? So when we're looking for an occupation, we want to avoid, let's say, running a slaughterhouse, right? Because then the, the, the conditional swadharma interrupts the constitutional swadharma, right? But we want to uh, try to maintain ourselves, Prabhupada would say, by honest means and with the extra time focus on our condition, uh, constitutional swadharma. Is that all right, Raj? Yes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Okay, anything else? Okay, text. Oh, wait, we didn't, we didn't get to the ecstatic part of this purport. Um, it is the instruction of Prahlad Maharaj that if one is seeking peace of mind, he should free himself from all contamination of family life and take shelter of the Supreme Godhead by going to the forest. To the Gaudiya Vaishnava, this forest is the forest of Brinda, or Brindavan. If one takes shelter of Brindavan under Brindavaneshwari, Srimati Radharani, certainly all the problems of life are solved very easily. So if you take shelter of the greatest devotee, Srimati Radharani, then everything's good. So. Um, what we should do is, uh, uh, after Kartik, we should all go on a field trip during this class to Vrindavan, India. Just all go, we'll all go and have a uh, Bhagavatam class there. Good idea, Mahamantra? Yeah? Okay. <laughs> Actually, we're building a retreat center at Govardhan Hill, uh, the Vrindavan Institute for Higher Education is, and uh, we could do something like that one day. When it's construction's going on right now. So there you go. But anyway, if we can't go to Brindavan right away, we can take shelter uh, uh, because here we have Brindavan. We have Shishi Radha Madan Mohan. If anyone's ever been to Brindavan, the Radha Madan Mohan temple is right on the. What is the name of that hill? There's a name for that hill. Dash Dwadas Dwadasa. Aditya Hill, right. Yes, and uh, the temple is there, and Sanatana Goswami's uh, Bhajan Kutir is there, and from there you get, because it's up on the hill, you get this nice panoramic view of uh, Jamuna, of the river Jamuna, uh, and everything, so we can go. It was very nice yesterday. I was with uh, this uh, nice devotee. His name is also Brajabihari. 
Brahmachari Brajabihari Sharan is his full name. And he is the um, chaplain at uh, Georgetown University, Hindu chaplain at Georgetown University. Um, he was born and raised in England, but he spent many years in Vrindavan. So we were just talking about Vrindavan and, and just talking about Vrindavan in different places was for me like, oh, it was so nice to hear about Vrindavan. So like that. So this is a beautiful, so the Gaudiya Vaishnavas, the forest is the forest of Brinda or Brindavan. If one takes shelter of Brindavan under Brindavan Eshwari, that means the controller of Brindavan, Srimati Radharani, certainly all the problems of life are solved very easily. So Krishna is not the controller of Brindavan. Srimati Radharani is. So that just shows the power of love is even more powerful than the source of love. Right? It was a song, The Power of Love. Right? Okay, shall we move on? Uh, text 25. The great sage Narada overheard this news and understanding all the activities of Dhruva Maharaj, he was struck with wonder. He approached Dhruva and touching the boy's head, with his all-virtuous hand, he spoke as follows. So how did he know? Prabhupada calls him Trikalagya. Uh, he can understand past, present, and future. Um, but it doesn't mean he's a supreme lord. In other places, Prabhupada mentions that the devotee knows what Krishna wants him to know. So clearly, Krishna wanted Narada Muni to know about this situation and to show up, and, uh, which he does a lot, right? Narada Muni shows up on the scene a lot in the Bhagavatam. How wonderful are the Chatriyas? This is what he said uh, or thought. They cannot tolerate even a slight infringement upon their prestige. Just imagine, this boy is only a small child, yet harsh words from his stepmother proved unbearable to him. Prabhupada writes, the qualifications for the Chatriya, uh, did I, 26 was the reading, right? Uh, are described in Bhagavad Gita. Two important qualifications are to have a sense of prestige and to not flee from battle. It appears that the Chatriya blood within the body of Dhruva Maharaj was naturally very active. If the Brahminical Chatriya or Vaishya culture is maintained in a family, naturally the sons and grandsons inherit the spirit of the particular class. Therefore, according to the Vedic system, the Sanskara or the reformatory system is maintained very rigidly. If one fails to observe the reformatory measures current in the family, one is immediately degraded to a lower standard of life. So in previous ages, especially we heard this was Satya Yuga, the, the, the bloodlines were so uh, clear and pure. But that's not the case today, right? You know, the, the case today is, you know, you know uh, if you meet some, most people, you... Uh, you say, oh, where did you meet your wife or your husband? Oh, well, uh, you know, whatever, right? Just like I, one devotee uh, heard the other day, uh, asked him how did he meet his wife, and he said, well, he had just moved to Washington, D.C., and uh, he was looking for an apartment, and he went to this one place out of his price range, but the, uh, the property, um, the person in the property office um, they, they started talking and he eventually married her. 
So that wouldn't be exactly like, you know, what is your gotra? What is your line? <laughs> you know, who are your parents? Who are your grandparents? Who are your great-great-parents? You know, uh, right? No, no, it was just like, you know, we, we, uh, we met. And uh, so you don't have that same, but, but we can understand that at one time in bygone ages, this was very, very much a consideration. And still today, right, like it doesn't happen every time, but when you, like if you think of, for those of us from India or spend time in India or familiar with India, if you think Marwari, what do you think? Money, yes, right, right. Uh, you, you know, you just naturally think because th there was some line of, uh, and Jewish people also have a similar kind of thing, uh, right? Yes. <laughs> Matter of fact, I heard a, I heard a comedian recently say uh, he belongs to a very uh, small cult, C U L T, within Judaism, and the person said, "What?" He said, "Poverty." <laughs> So, so, you know, so there is this idea even today. So what to speak in bygone days. So, so he had a very, very pure Chatriya blood, Dhruva Maharaj. Right, so even at five years old. Yeah, so we're going to hear what Narada says. Narada, the great sage Narada told, My dear boy, you are only a little boy whose attachment is to sports and other frivolities. Why are you so affected by the words insulting your honor? My dear Druva, if you feel that your sense of honor has been insulted, you still have no cause for dissatisfaction. This kind of satisfaction is another feature of the illusory energy of maya. Every living entity is controlled by his previous actions, and therefore there are different varieties of life for enjoying or suffering. So just see the logic here. Well, if you're old enough to be insulted, by the words of uh, Suruchi, right? Well, then you're also old enough to understand the law of karma, <laughs> right? If you can understand one, you can understand the other, right? So here he's preaching to him about the law of karma. So you should understand that this is not happening by chance. This is coming to you courtesy of the illusory energy. Just like Srila Prabhupada said, don't be upset at the agents of your karma. Someone, you know, does something to you, you say, Krishna, this is, you know, this is Krishna Soka. This person is my karma's done. <laughs> Gift to me. Right? Yeah. So he, it's, uh, I, I read this today. It's in Burijampupu's book, this point. But from this verse. Right? Well, if you're old enough to, you know, to get, to get angry because you're a chatriya at the insult, well, then you're also old enough to understand this philosophy. <laughs> the process of the Supreme Personality of God is very wonderful. One who is intelligent should accept the process and be satisfied with whatever comes, favorable or unfavorable, by his supreme will. So he, now he's kind of preaching, you know, kind of Brahminical or, you know, Gyan, right? Not, not yet Bhakti. But gyan, right? That, you know, you, you're, not, you're not this body, and therefore, whatever comes, favorable or unfavorable, that's, you got it coming. Now you have decided to undertake the mystic process of meditation under the instruction of your mother, just to achieve the mercy of the Lord. But in my opinion, such austerities are not possible for an ordinary man 
it is very difficult to satisfy the Supreme Personality of God. So now Naradaji is testing his disciple, his future disciple, his disciple. Right? So, you know, you know, it's very difficult. Just give it up. You can't do this. You're five years old. Narada continued, after trying this process for many, many births and remaining unattached to material contamination, placing themselves continually in trance, so this is Ashtanga Yoga, yeah? and, many types of uh, and executing many types of austerity, many mystic yogis were unable to find the end of the path of God-realization. So who do you think you are, Baba? You're a five-year-old bacha, you're a five-year-old child, why just you know, go play sports? Testing his disciple. Right? We also see this other elsewhere in the. Uh, uh, I think Sukadev Goswami is testing Prichit Maharaj. Where's where that second canto? Sixth canto. Sixth canto. Yeah. Mm. For this reason, my dear boy, you should not endeavor for this. It will not be successful. It is better that you go home. When you are grown up by the mercy of the Lord, you will get a chance for these mystic performances. At that time, you may execute this function. One should try to keep himself satisfied in all conditions of life, whether distress or happiness, which is offered by the supreme will, by karma. You know. A person who endures in this way is able to cross over the darkness of nescience very easily. So just tolerate it. Don't be a crazy fellow. Go home. Every man should act like this. So now this is a beautiful verse, actually. Uh, when he meets a person more qualified than himself, what should he be? Please, right? But usually we're envious. You, know, you meet someone greater than yourself, uh, no. When you meet someone less qualified than himself, he should take advantage of him. No, that's not what it says. <laughs> he should be compassionate towards him. And when he meets someone equal to himself, he should make friendship with him. In this way, one is never affected. So if, you have, if we can develop that consciousness, says we are, we are never affected by the threefold miseries of the material world. And Prabhupada writes, generally, when we find someone more qualified than ourselves, we become envious of him. When we find someone less qualified, we deride him. And when we find someone equal, we become very proud of our activities. These are the causes of all material tribulations. The great sage Narada therefore advised that a devotee should act perfectly. Instead of being envious of a more qualified man, one should be jolly to receive him. We talked about this also, that if someone is more advanced than us, they went through whatever challenges we're going through right now to get to that stage. So it should be a source of inspiration that one day maybe I can become like him or her. Instead of like, uh, they're actually probably faking it. Or... Instead of being oppressive to a less qualified man, one should be compassionate towards him just to raise him to the proper standard. And when one meets an equal, instead of being proud of one's own activities before him, one should treat him as a friend. One should also have compassion for the people in general who are suffering due to forgetfulness of Krishna. 
These important functions will make one happy in this material world. So it is very important to have friendships, right? Um, friendships where we can guyam uh, akyati preach, where we can reveal our minds and uh, um, yeah, friendship, you know, this material world can be a very lonely place. And we can have thousands of acquaintances sometimes and no friends. That's also possible. You can know people kind of in a superficial way, but to actually have uh, deep friendships. What are some examples of friendships in the Shastra? Krishna and Sudama, very good one. Arjuna and Krishna. Any others that don't don't involve God? Friendships in the Shastra. Duryodhana and Karna. Yeah, yes, they were. They, yes, that's true. Chaitanya Charitamrita. There's so many, aren't there? I'm trying to think myself. You could imagine that the four Kumaras were all friends with each other. You know, we don't hear too much about the, the exchanges between them. Uh, certainly, in Lord Chaitanya's Leela, the six Goswamis would come, would come and they would take prasadam every day at Radhadamadar. I don't know if all six of them, but they would take prasadam at Radhadamadar Temple. And uh, Naratam Das said, Ramachandra Sange Mage, right? He, he's, uh, he's saying... Um, that he's really missing his dear friend, Ramachandra, not, not Lord Ramachandra, Ramachandra Das, or his devotee. Um, oh, you were going to say something, Mataji? Gadadhar Pandit and Mukunda? Hmm. Yes? Yes? Use the microphone so that the, they hear, because many people are listening online. How do you define friendship? Because oh, very good the question. attributes that makes the friendship also presents in the three categories you just mentioned. Uh, those who are higher, mm. you become um, inspiration, you get the inspiration from them. Those who are below, you have issue, you're compassionate. Right. And those who are equal, you make the friendship. Friendship, right. And the question is friendship. What are the attributes of friendship? So all the other qualities are also present in the friendship too. That's a great question. How do we define friendship? Thank you. Um, well, it's usually as, as, as spoken here, um, I mean, it's generally used in terms of peers, one, someone who's relatively equal. Although, in some places it's said that one, has a, one can have a very close friendship with their spiritual master, right? It's, there's, a, there's a verse like that. Um, um, but generally, friendship is, is uh, as a matter of fact, Arjuna, right? When Arjuna found out Krishna's real position, right? Uh, and then he goes, oh, my God, you know, I treated you like a friend. And I, call, I said, hey, Yadava. And, and we talked about that, right? How uh, the Yadus aren't on the same level as the Kauravas, right? So by, by Arjuna saying, hey, Yadava, he was like, it was kind of like, you know, I'm like doing you a favor by being your friend because you're a Yadava and I'm a Korava, right? Right? Um, so he really thought, ah, what did I do? You know? Um, 
But I think a lot about friendship is being able to reveal one's mind and um, uh, tell people, you know, well, I'm thinking this, or I'm going through this problem, or uh, I would like to do this, but I need your, I need some input, some help, uh, and also doing activities together really helps in friendship. Um, Devotees who do some service to Krishna together often develop uh, a bond of friendship because they have a common, um, uh, in, in uh, Sanskrit it is swajatiya, right? So literally jati we know means like caste, but, it, but it's translated more and swa means with. Um, but it's, it's usually translated as like-minded, so often we make friendships with people who have similar kind of psychophysical nature or mindset and things like that. We can relate to each other. Um, and it's, uh, it's very powerful in Krishna consciousness because um, we, we need help. We need um, uh, guidance, but we also just need you know, inspiration. And, uh, and friendship is part of that. It's also one of the four primary relationships in this world, right? There's the relationship of lover and beloved. There's a relationship between parent and child. There's a relationship of friendship. And there's a relationship of, um, of the inferior or the servitor. Those are the four main relationships that we see in this world. So it's a very, very powerful one. Does anyone want to add to that about friendship? Microphone. I, th I think friendship is uh, something uh, interaction between two people yeah. or two beings where uh, there is no self-interest involved. Uh, as Prabhu said, Swajati, uh, it, could, it could relate to the same interest but not necessarily all time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just feel uh, to help someone just by no reason. Just by there is no reason. No reason. For it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Causeless. And, <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, uh, what pre what plays role in establishing these relationships is our our karmas, as you mentioned earlier, verses, and that could be your agami, which is recent karmas, or your prarabdha, or it could be uh, you know mm. sanchita. So based on those calculations, uh, I think you develop some bonds with some people, not with everyone. And I think that's the friendship. And there's also different um, Sanskrit words for friendship. Right? Uh, bandhu is one. Saka, surit. Is it not, what's that? Mitra. So which one is the most... Uh, uh, the most intimate? Is it surit? Because isn't that... In the what? That Suridham Sarvabhutanam, he says, that he's the uh, Surit, the friend of all living entities, and he's also known as Dina Bhandu, right, the friend of the fallen, <laughs> right. And then what were the other two ones? Uh, Saka, yeah, and you had one other Mit, Mit, Mitra. 
Yeah, so it's interesting, right? The Sanskrit word, Sanskrit is such a, a discerning language that even for one thing, friendship, there's uh, these different words. You want to say something else? I'm sorry. I want to follow up that. Uh, when we are asked to find a relationship with, uh, every individual needs to find out a relationship with Krishna, uh, immediately comes to my mind is Sakha, our Arjuna's place, because that's uh, the where I can be very free, very um, without any intimidation. I can be, I can talk freely, very comfortably, without any fear. Because right. if I place Krishna to be my um, uh, something uh, very high and very, of course, he is yeah, high, all reverence, like, yes. So yes. when that comes, that fear comes in. Yes. Uh, fear comes in, uh, kicks in. You know, I cannot talk very freely with my senior uh, or right. my very respectable person. That's, uh, that's so, well said. Yes. So in Vrindavan, so even this mentioned that there's two different levels of friendship. Mm -hmm. And uh, the friendship of Arjuna was mixed a little bit with reverence. But then in, uh, with his uh, sakas in, um, in Vrindavan, sometimes like Krishna would lose a argument and they, they, he'd have to carry uh, one of his friends on his, uh, or, or he'd steal, you know, he'd steal uh, some, you know, Prakora from his uh, friend or they'd steal from him. Or, so it was very, very, in, very, very intimate friendship in Vrindavan. And then, like you were saying, the, the higher relationships that, are, that you see in Vrindavan of the higher Sakha, and what to speak of uh, uh, Vatsalyaras, right, where, mm -hmm. where Krishna's mother, I mean, can you imagine, we don't, we don't go up to uh, Radha Madan Mohan and chastise them. Mm -hmm. I was like, you're wearing that garland, you know, right? Mm -hmm. But mother, but uh, Yashodamai, she, you know, she, you know, she looks in his mouth, she sees all the universes, <laughs> And then she yes. closed the mouth and says, stop eating dirt, you know. Yeah. And then what to, so she chastises Krishna. And what to speak of the gopis sometimes rebuke Krishna. Yes. Right? So, we, you know, we're not on that level yet where we're going to go rebuking the Lord. But we can appreciate the, the, advan the super advanced um, uh, level of consciousness of the great devotees. So in one, in one time, Srila Prabhupada says that sometimes an impersonal list wants to become one with God, but, but we want to become greater than God. And what he means by that, of course, we have to understand the context. He means that, you know, someone like Yashoda, Mayi can, you know, Krishna, you're naughty boy, very naughty boy. Right? So uh, the devotee um, controls the Lord by love. And, and therefore, Krishna doesn't allow anyone to just be a Vrindavan, a Brijbasi. They have to really be so pure and so only fixed on Krishna's pleasure that they can adopt consciousness like the gopis here. Jai Sri Sigornitai Sitaram Lakshman Hanuman Shishi Radha Madan Mohan Ki Jai. Um, we only have a few minutes left. And what verse were we on? Oh, yes. So we are on um, 35.
Actually, since, that, since we're going to talk about 35, why don't we just end here? Uh, we didn't exactly get up to verses 80, 80, verse 82, <laughs> but I guess that was uh, wishful thinking. But we're, we're well into the beginning of this wonderful lila, this wonderful pastime. Like we said before, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu listened to this hundreds of times, it says, because he got so much inspiration from it. And there's so many great lessons for us in this uh, lila. So to be continued next week. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.